Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Explanation. This this is our theory on the whole impeachment hearing thing. This this is the way I feel about it anyway. Um, and we're not trying to hide anything. Uh, if there's if there's any any news to be made out of these things, we're more than happy to bring it to you. But oh yeah, I feel like if you're the sort of person that wants this in full, it's available on so many everywhere. Um, first of all, if you carry a phone, it's available on your phone. But uh, radio stations, TV stations, you can listen to a wall-to-wall. And if that's what you want, you're not going to listen to us anyway. So, you know, our theory is just we'll, we'll offer you something different, a little analysis and other news that's going on in the world. Sure, we'll summarize what happened and bring you the highlights. But the biggest thing that has happened today is this Ambassador Sundland, who was a Trump guy, um, a Trump hiree, and, uh, and some people think this is the bombshell of the hearing so far. Let you be the judge. As I testified previously, Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. 
Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing the investigations of the 2016 election DNC server and Burisma. Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the President of the United States and we knew these investigations were important to the President. So there you go. That's never been in doubt, has nope, it? No, not to me. I, I assumed that's what was going on all along. And either you think that was not a good idea, but we're about to have an election, or you think that's outrageous and he must be impeached. Right. Uh, all right. And uh, I've got some polls on that. Maybe we'll hit you with those later. Independents have dropped 10 points on whether or not they think the president should be removed. They're all hot to trot to have him removed. A week ago, but that's gone down 10 points. In a, in a single poll, the same polling organization? Or yeah, a different yeah polls? same wow. poll. Which polls? All of them. Okay. There you go. See, that's how thorough we are around here. Does this move the needle? I don't know. As he just said, as I've testified previously, this is previous testimony, right? All this stuff is previous yes. testimony. This is yeah. stuff that was said weeks ago, then they released the transcripts, now they're saying it in person. Mm. It's three dips into the same uh, well. I realize I'm literally the only person in America making this case that they shouldn't be called impeachment hearings. They're, they're Ukraine phone call hearings. They're uh, Ukraine policy hearings. And it, it would be like every time a cop says to you, uh, where were you Thursday night? That would be a prosecution question. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. It, it, it's, it's getting way ahead of itself. Tucker Carlson has called a lot of this the world's longest HR meeting. That's stuff from Friday with the ambassador who was mad about how she was fired and her boss said bad things about her. Right. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Um, but anyway, would the networks be airing this if the Democrats hadn't convinced everybody to call them impeachment inquiry hearings? I don't know. Because that's just, it's good branding. Sure. But that's all it is. Good politics. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm calling them out on it. I'm one man, one brave man. <laughs> one brave little man. I want to get to disengaging uh, from China uh, in the next segment. Completely economically, uh, we are financing the worst evildoers. Well, we've been financing the worst uh, evildoers in the modern scene. Yeah. For a long time, it, it, obviously there are warlords in Africa who do things that are loathsome. But if you it's take scale. evil, evil times impact, yeah, scale. That's how you come up with the worst. We are financing the worst evil do- doers on Earth, and they are doing incredibly loathsome things. And their fondest wish is to do them on a much larger scale. We are financing the existence and growth of unspeakable evil. How does that feel, America? One of the world's biggest mistakes. Financing China for decades, thinking if we pull them into the free market world, they'll they'll become nice people. Right. And the world was wrong and may pay a price for that for centuries to come. The world is you wrong. You gotta lower your ideals of freedom if you wanna suck on the warm teat of China. There you go. Well said. Well, so I think that was Gordon Sondland there, wasn't it? <laughs> so we got this note about, uh, we talked about this yesterday, Mayor Pete making a conciliatory speech about uh, Tea Party activists and how they have legitimate concerns and he heard them and blah, blah. And of mm-hmm. course, the lefty uh, you know, cohort of the Democratic Party went crazy because they considered the Tea Party movement akin to a Klan meeting, which is utterly fictional, incredibly insulting, and, and just completely unfair. Will he have to make that point tonight on the debate stage? Got this note from Frank. Guys, Mayor Pete should use the debate to create his own sister soldier moment to take over the moderate wing of the Democratic Party. Now, that's a slightly obscure reference, unless you're really into politics, but um, 
there was a rapper when Bill Clinton was running for his first term or his second term. First term. And, and she was saying some really uh, objectionable, nasty things in her raps, and, and he said, that's no good. We can't have that. And a lot of people got mad at him for it, but moderate America said, okay, so he's reasonable. Um, and I think Pete does have that opportunity. Um, Can you get the nomination like that now, though? Because there are a lot of Tea Party folks, and this was another bit of the fiction. Uh, that's a good question, He'd Jack, be but... fully on taking on that, that Warren Sanders wing, like I, a battle. I, I think he should. I think that'd be a great idea. But anyway... I think it's the only way he could get the nomination. The other lie that's oft said about the Tea Party, in fact, you quoted it the other day, I can't remember who said that, it was that um, you know the Tea Party movement was a wholly owned subsidiary of the Republican Party. There were branches of it that became that, and I'll name names if you want, but... It was staunchly not loyalist Republicans. No. It was millions and millions of people who said the Republican Party has lost its principles, and we're going to kick them in the ass till they find them again. Remember Rush Limbaugh's theory that John McCain was behind the IRS investigations of Tea Party groups. That's no longer in dispute. I think that's pretty widely recognized. Right. So you can't say it's a wholly owned subsidiary of the Republican Party when right. the Republican Party was breaking constitutional norms to investigate them and, and squash them. Right. So my ultimate point being, if Pete were to come out and say, I, for instance, I've met with Tea Party groups. I get their concerns about federal spending. I get they were concerned that uh, the government was going to take over a sixth of the economy and health care. Even if I disagreed with them, they're good people working hard who wanted to make sure their government was working for them. And of course I'll talk to them. Of course I'll respect them as fellow... I ought to write this for Pete, not that I want him to get elected, but um, if he comes out with a moment like that... All those pissed-off, disaffected, Tea Party, barely Republicans might think, huh, that's interesting. We'll see if he goes that way. I wonder if it's inevitable that somebody has to do that, that that this has to turn into a... um, Somebody's going to have to say, no, that side over there, the Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders side, they're wrong. Right. They're wrong about all this stuff. It's unelectable. It's unconstitutional. It's undoable. And you're going to lose 48 states. Right. I want to say that right on stage. Completely split the, the, the crowd. Yes. Depending on the crowd, though, the crowd's usually the, the Elizabeth Warren type crowd. See? You get booed off the stage. Yeah, that's why they should never have live audiences for these things. It's so stupid. It's just, you know, it, it is the laugh track. The indefensible laugh track. Sean here. Oh, he's busy doing other things, but Sean's a harsh laugh track critic, um, as he should be. But it, it's as bad as the laugh track, but it matters. So, so these 300 people in the audience happen to be hardcore Liz fans or, or super lefties or activists or whatever. They're going to materially, materially mislead the American people. They ought to eliminate the audience. But the networks like them for the same reason they got a damn laugh track. For y- y- y'all, and not y'all, but y'all, other y'all, who are so stupid, you can't tell when a good point's been made unless a bunch of yahoos clap. <laughs> Thank God the Armstrong Yeti audience is far too astute for that uh, sort of crap. But So... Fella by the name of Roger Robinson, who's a think tanker now and a writer. Um, he's a business guy. He uh, was on President Reagan's National Security Council, and he is making the case hard 
that we need to significantly disengage with China economically. I guarantee you find this interesting. It's got a bit of history to it, and it's got some facts about the direct correlation between American dollars and Chinese oppression that's going on right now. And I got more of that list from the most unhealthy stuff at the fast food drive throughs out there. Trying to save you during this holiday season oh, when you're running around. So shovel that sweet and sour pork down your throat right now, because in, in about five minutes, you're not going to want to anymore. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Korea doing some sort of deal with China? Moving that direction in the orbit? We got to talk about that angle of stuff, too. Uh, we got the impeachment inquiry hearing thingies going on right now. Any headlines Marshall will have in just a few minutes and a debate tonight. So stay tuned for all that. Yet another person just trying to enjoy their town uh, attacked by a vicious dog from a bum and junkie oh, camp. Oh, my God. A uh, woman terribly injured, just trying to use her town's amenities. That's one. Of, that's one angle I don't get. Allowing the 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 indigent to have dogs. What ideology blinds logic all the time. More on that to come. Mentioned uh, moments ago, Roger Robinson. He's a think tank guy with the Prague Security Studies Institute. He uh, is a business guy, economic guy. He was uh, the senior director of international economic affairs on President Reagan's National Security Council, where he was the principal architect of the secret economic and financial strategy that proved decisive to defeat the Soviet Union. We did not bring down the Soviet Union by force of arms. We brought it down economically. And he mentions that in 1982, the Soviets had an empire stretching from Havana to Hanoi, but their hard currency revenue totaled only about a third of what General Motors made at the time. So they were on rocky ground, and they were spending more than they were making, and President Reagan and his people realized they were incredibly financially vulnerable. And so they wanted to squeeze the evildoers of the Soviet Union uh, economically and to slow and ultimately terminate the flow of cash from the West, because it was the USSR's life support. Now, we're working toward disengaging ourselves from China in this discussion, but the Europeans at the time had a belief in Ostpolitik, as the Germans called it, looking east. If we build commercial bridges, it will lead to geopolitical cooperation, Mm. and the Soviet Union will turn into nice people, which is precisely the same bet that Nixon and uh, and uh, uh, Kissinger made with China back in the early 70s. Well, it didn't work with the Soviets, and it was never going to work. And so Reagan said, no, we're, we're going to stop that and drew the line on a pipeline project, dried up the Soviets' money. Um, they were spending themselves uh, to death in Afghanistan. The rest of it in the Soviet Union fell uh, not long after the pipeline thing uh, got caught cut off. I'd like to give you more of that history because I find it really interesting, but let's move on to China. So this uh, gent whose name keeps slipping my mind, Robinson, says the story with China today has certain similarities, but with one big difference. The U.S. has been playing the role of the naive Europeans. Uh, Since the 1970s, the Kissinger policy of engaging with China, our government has operated on the assumption that economic and financial relations with China would lead to 
Beijing liberalizing politically. And then in 01, we back China's entry into the World Trade Organization. The, the pace at which we have given China access to our best technology and capital and trade markets has accelerated and is still accelerating, by the way. Yet China's shown no signs of embracing individual freedoms or even the rule of law or even the WTO rules that they agreed to. If anything, they're going the other way. Right. They, they sure are in the last several years. Instead, with our support, the Chinese have launched a massive campaign to become the world's leading superpower. We know about the Belt and Road Initiative, a strategic undertaking to place huge segments of the world under China's influence or outright control. Long and short of that is they build a bunch of infrastructure, roads, highways, bridges, ports, whatever, in third world countries, and the third world countries end up owing China their hiney, and so China controls their politics from then on. Um, Anyway... We know about the Made in China 2025 strategy to dominate key technology sectors. Uh, China's trying to do that. We know about China's practice of forced technology transfers, uh, share trade secrets and R&D. We know about China's predatory trade practices. We know many of these things only because President Trump has brought them to the forefront of our national attention for which he deserves credit. And the ongoing tariff war is a good thing in the sense that we've finally begun to take a stand. But then he gets into the issue I have never really thought about that he says is even more important. And that's that China has over 700 companies in our stock and bond markets and our capital markets. He lists the various exchanges they're on. And some of these companies are on the U.S. Commerce Department entity list, known as the blacklist. But all of our investment funds are pumping money into these evil Chinese companies that are producing the facial recognition stuff, uh, suppressing the Uyghurs, surveillance cameras placed on top of Chinese concentration camp walls. And then he gets into how our retirement funds, including some government, federal government retirement funds, are literally pouring trillions of dollars into supporting the Chinese companies that are Doing the bad stuff. And the Chinese Liberation Army, the People's Liberation Army weapon system, we're financing. And he said it's growing at such a frightening rate. And this is his main point. There's going to come a time very, very quickly where your 401k could drop by 30% if we have to go hard at China. Ooh, that hurts. They will have us by the balls. Forgive me. Our... People's financial security will be so threatened by any Chinese cutoff, we won't dare defy them. That would be horrifying. And this this is a serious man with a serious understanding of global finance. Um, let's see. Is is Oof. a final point? Ah, here we go. Here's the way he says it, a little more uh, eloquently than I did. Doesn't use the B word. What if these scores of millions of Americans wake up one morning and discover that 15, 18, 22% of their retirement accounts are in Chinese securities? That's not far-fetched. Indeed, it is almost certain to happen, happen if nothing else is done. And if that happens, those scores of millions of Americans will have a vested financial interest in opposing any future sanctions or other penalties against China, irrespective of the severity of China's offenses or the overall threat it poses to America's national security. That's what China is knowingly working towards, and that's called checkmate. Disengage. China, I'm sorry, Congress has not had a single hearing on this question, no. he points out. No. no, we're busy with a bunch of stupid stuff. 
Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that in the future. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, pre, uh, quid pro quo and Rudy Giuliani front and center at the impeachment inquiry. I thought we were on to bribery. Quid pro quo's dead. Nobody likes Latin. Except for Oribus Tenio Lupum holding a wolf by the ears. That's my favorite Latin phrase. And a Black Friday shopper's alert just for you. Coming up. You got a wolf by the ears. It's like a tiger by the tail, but worse. It's a wolf. Uh, Say it again. I will in a moment. Armstrong and Getty. Tenio lupum, Jack, holding a wolf by the ears in Latin. I'm not even Latino, but I know the tongue. It comes from a play. So it's like having a tiger by the tail yeah, or a exactly. bull by the horns. Yeah. There's already uh, an argument online whether uh, having a wolf by the ears is worse than having a tiger by the tail, as I stated. Let me point this out to you. You got a tiger by the tail. Granted, it's a 600-pound cat. But there's a chance it'll just run away. Okay? You're behind it. It's And this is a crazy person. Right? You got a wolf by the ears, man. You're staring it right in the face. You let go of those ears, it's going to eat your head. There's just no doubt. You know dog behavior? It's coming at you. And we're talking Latin because quid pro quo is the Latin phrase of the day. And yes. The, and the impeachment hearings. I'll tell you this, having just watched some impeachment hearing, uh, Ambassador Sondland testifying, there ain't going to be nobody denying it there's a quid pro quo anymore. He just said, oh, yeah, it was my understanding that, uh, yeah, they had to do this in order to get that. I mean, so that defense was never very good, and that attack was never very good, because foreign policy is full of quid pro quos. It's just a question of whether it was a proper one. I'll be interested to watch when uh, Jim Jordan gets his shot. Uh, what angle he's going to tank. By the way, Fox is getting huge ratings out of this. They had the highest ratings they've had in years. Wow. Hannity and Tucker Carlson both drew over 4 million people with their shows last week. Mm. That's And that's huge in the world of cable news. I mean, that's unheard of. How about your Rachel Maddow? Do you have any numbers on that? Uh, I know MSNBC was in third place among the cable news uh, channels. Mm. I'll look into that. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the impeachment inquiry hearings kicking off with the testimony from USEU Ambassador Gordon Sundland, who claimed as far as the Trump administration dealing with Ukraine. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. Now appearing in a House impeachment hearing, Sondland continuing. Mr. Giuliani conveyed to Secretary Perry, Ambassador Volker, and others that President Trump wanted a public statement from President Zelensky committing to investigations of Burisma and the 2016 election. Mr. Giuliani expressed those requests directly to the Ukrainians, and Mr. Giuliani also expressed those requests directly to us. We all understood that these prerequisites for the White House call and the right White House meeting reflected President Trump's desires and requirements. Now, he went on to say that he and his colleagues did not want to involve... That's funny. That's the phrase I used on uh, uh, our wedding night with Judy. I said, I have a number of desires and requirements. (laughs) I had an attorney along. I had her sign the form, and things have gone beautifully. Sutherland says that he and his colleagues did not want to involve the president's personal attorney in the diplomacy efforts with Ukraine, but they were told to by the president. So this is pretty interesting. So what's the defense going to be, either from the Congress people in the room or from the White House, 
as Joe said, it, it seems odd that you'd be making any argument that there was no quid pro quo at this point. Clearly there was, and I've, I've thought since the beginning. Mm-hmm. You tried to hold them up for something. Now, whether or not you think that's an impeachable offense, that's a completely different question. But the new angle that everybody knew, Pompeo knew, a number of secretaries knew in the administration. It was just everybody in the White House knew. So does that make it worse or better? Well, it probably depends on which uh, side you're on. You yeah, think, look, exactly. everybody knew and nobody was complaining about it or saying anything, so how big, how big a crime could it be? Or you say, this is how corrupt the uh, White House is. Yeah, well, speaking of Rachel Maddow, she will be making the point that it's a massive conspiracy. I think, and we've gotten this directly and indirectly from various folks who've worked in the administration, Trump is Trumpy. And when he is Trumpy, you find out, you figure out a way to deal with it. Sometimes you talk him down because he's an impulsive guy. He makes statements without carefully vetting them. That's part of the reason people love him. And sometimes he says stuff to foreign leaders on the phone that you think, oh, boy, how do we unknot this one? And 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 there's a chunk of America that thinks, well, no harm really came of it. Um, and we're fine. Ukraine's fine. Their relationship the seems fine. They got the aid eventually. Yeah, after, after the whistleblower came out. There's a certain part of America that thinks, no, he... He was just trying to damage Joe Biden because he knew Biden was a leading candidate. And so, you know, it's the eye of the beholder. Speaking of Rachel Maddow, glad you brought it up. Because the Forbes article I read was unfair. And that they just uh, touted Fox. So Fox did have their highest ratings they've had last week. This week, for whatever reason, Rachel Maddow on uh, Monday night, she had the biggest ratings she's had. And she had the biggest audience in all of cable news. With 3.4 million viewers, which is enormous for MSNBC. Right. Um, uh, because they, they split some of their viewership with other channels, right. whereas Fox has got Liberals. Their, Fox has got that whole crowd. Um, so she's doing really well this week. <clears throat> I don't know if the Fox crowd that adds nothing and moved on. I don't know. I have no idea. All right, my friends, I do have a Black Friday shopping day warning. Oh, You've boy. got to beware of Black Friday repeat. So black people only get one Friday in your world. Just saying. I ignore Black Friday every year, uh, Marshall, but go ahead. Well, a lot of other people don't. You know that just because the store is advertising a Black Friday deal doesn't make it a great deal. In fact, according... Oh, that's the first time I've ever heard this. Wait a minute. No, it's... Okay. <laughs> according to a new Wallet Hub study of this year's Black Friday ads, there are a lot of reruns from last year. Hmm. So you're telling me it's the same sale that they they usually have and that they'll have closer to Christmas? And yeah, this is really interesting. Well, <laughs> How can I claim to be the king of Black Friday if somebody's beating me? It's a little more than a Labor Day sale dressed, dressed up in holiday finery. The Wallet Hub... A Labor Day sale. A, 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 the Wallet Hub study found that 18% of the deals the chains are advertising this year, same products they had last year, and many of them are back at higher prices than last year. Son of a... What's next? Taco Tuesdays on Wednesday? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And one last note. Grammy nominations just announced. Singer-rapper Lizzo scoring a whopping eight Grammy nominations. Lizzo. Oh, I love Lizzo. This is the first time I've ever heard Lizzo's name. (laughs) Lizzo was on SNL a while back, Uh, I think. We we use her bumper music every now and then. Or her music for bumper music every now and then. Okay. You know what my son's into before we get back to the the, the NR? In the NR? Is that what it is? NR. It's two letters. Enter? Him and his kid, his, his buddies are in Enter? No. 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 No, he's, oh. a, he's a rapper. He's a Christian rapper, though. Okay. Whoa. And uh, so there's no bad words, which might be one of the reasons that my uh, 
nine-year-old and his friends enjoy the rap because it sounds it sounds like you're listening to Eminem, except there's no bad words. Oh, N F N F. There you go. Mm. I got the wrong letters. Yeah, that's better. Anyway, along with that, uh, Billie Eilish and uh, Lil Nas uh, X earned six nominations each. So one hit the, wonder with a hundred different. Lil Nas X is a no talent fake. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. I think he, 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 he caught lightning in a bottle. Cool song. We listen oh, to it all good the time. For him. I hope yeah. he's you know happy the rest of his days. But I don't hate him for it. I just, he never does the song live, right? Ever. Or rarely? He's done it rarely. His yeah. other songs that he's put out since then have yet to yeah. catch the same sort of momentum. Okay, why would I mock him? He's had a hit. It's good fun. for him. Sure. Good for you, it's it's young it's man. It's typical one-hit wonder, which is the thing in music. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation, and we have to have an in-house meeting. What about Squawky? Yeah, Are we going to muzzle Squawky? Freedom tenders. That's my vote. We, uh, we're not oh, going to clunk our bald eagles, Sean. <laughs> we have uh, uh, placed a temporary restraining order on... Squawky. Okay. As we had a uh, combat veteran marine hanging his head. um, A combat veteran marine suggested that his screech is really, really uh, rattling Mm. for for folks with PTSD. And I get that. It's a horrible sound. So I got to tell you. Uh, what about the Liberty Bell? Well, what about Whatever it? happened to that? What about it? Let's, let's ring the bell. I hope that's not off-putting to anybody. I got to tell you. I'm... Um... I'm a little concerned about our uh, our coverage of the impeachment hearings, looking at these cable news ratings. Four million people watching Hannity and Tucker, and almost that many people watching Rachel Maddow. That's insane numbers for cable news. So why are you concerned? You think we're not doing it enough? Or yeah, what? yeah. Because I'm not that interested. But uh, That's because you're a hack for Trump. I just feel like I know everything already. Oh, know it all mm. about this. <laughs> no, I know. There's about a, this. There is an enormous amount of repetition going on. Uh, no, I, th- I think we're fine. You will certainly take your input at the, the, via text line 415-295-KFTC. That's 415-295-KFTC. If you prefer the email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I'll hit you with the latest polls next. It won't take very long. There's one interesting note in how independents have lost interest. Maybe some of this information this week's new to people. I don't know. Are there? Are there? Is there a chunk of people out there that didn't believe Trump was doing this and now will believe it? Yeah, probably, but not significant. This this uh, Sondland might actually move the needle a little bit. If I were a betting man, wait a minute, I am. Uh, I would I would bet. Yeah, this testimony will get some people's attention. But it won't get near the overwhelming. An impeachment is a serious thing. Maybe maybe it should happen more often. I don't know, but it hasn't, and it probably won't. It's an incredibly serious thing. You need an overwhelming belief among the American people that this person must be put out of office now and never allowed to hold office again. An overwhelming number. You do have. And we're nowhere near that. You have an overwhelming belief among forty five percent. They're confident, right? But it, it's right. But it's about the numbers. Yeah. Anyway, I got a little on the polls, and then we'll move on. I promise. To something else. Just... For the record, I can't hear that polls. What polls exchange too much? Polls. It would be important. which polls? All of them. Okay. okay. <laughs> and and if you want to do the long version, that would be fine too. That was Cohen. Trump's guy being questioned on CNN. That's right. With uh, Trump's behind in all the polls. This was in the general election to Hillary. You're Trump's behind in all the polls. What polls? You're losing ground. What polls? 
Polls. All of them. Some of them. All of them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so good. Okay. Where is Cohen now? In prison. Oh, I'm sorry. So sorry. Okay. Armstrong and Getty. So later we'll play some Lizzo. We may have had a key moment in the testimony today. There was nine hours of testimony yesterday. I got some polls to hit you with in just a second. For a show that's not going to talk about impeachment, we should talk about impeachment a lot. I I blame me. Who's bringing it up all the time? Well, Hanson had me listen to this clip, and I think this is significant. It's going to be significant for the other side. So this Ambassador Sondland has already said today several times, he's a goofy acting guy. He makes weird facial expressions and... He's lighthearted. He laughs. He smiles. He's a hotelier. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. He seems gregarious. Seems yes. like the uncle that would pull a coin from your ear way after you're the age of it <laughs> right. being proper. Which right. is not a great sin. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Right. Um. Uh, oh, so he's already said today, yes, there was a quid pro quo. Rudy Giuliani told me to do it. It was contingent upon uh, the investigations to get a meeting, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knew it. That sounds pretty damaging to the president. Uh, that stuff. Right. Then this, though. So this will be the other side of it today. Here you go. I finally called the president. I believe it was on the 9th of September. I can't find the records, and they won't provide them to me. But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood, and he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect. So, it sounds to me like at some point Trump either realized he went too far or realized he said something that people took too far or his advisors might have said them this doesn't look good or the jig was up whatever it was right. and he and he and he said no no tell him to do the right thing it's just uh, that no quid pro quo yeah um so i think that will be used as ammunition on the other side the rest of the day today right. too so ultimately no they didn't do it well and and i go back to the whole trump is impulsive thing everybody knows it and sometimes he says things that are never backed up again. Now, this one went forward, obviously, for a little while with uh, Sondland and God knows what Rudy's been up to. But at some point, the president said, never mind, it's not that big a deal. And we all went on with our lives. Do you want to impeach the guy and remove him from office immediately and yes. never have him hold office again? Uh, 41% of Americans say yes. 43% say no, or whatever the new poll numbers are. I got the latest poll right here. Yeah, so which polls? All of them. And everybody's okay. mind okay. is being changed, so that's the important thing to remember as well. Yeah. <laughs> so well, the yeah, last poll I saw was 81% of Americans said their minds were made up. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but from the political morning consult poll, which uh, had a slight uptick among support for the president to 48, but it still was below the removal people at 50. So they got it 48, 50. Okay. Uh, and 50 is removable. Removal. But how, where did the uptick come from, or how did it switch at all? Republicans and Democrats more or less stayed the same. The change was in independence. 
47% of independents oppose the imp- impeachment inquiry compared to 57, I'm sorry, 37 uh, a week ago. So there's a 10-point shift among independents. 10 points in one week in the same poll. Huh. That's a pretty wild swing. My skeptical bone is a humming. I'm really? not sure what would have caused the 10-point swing unless... You watched it and thought, ah, this isn't just as exciting as I thought. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to phrase the same thought a little differently. Unless for the umpteenth time you'd been dragged into, today is the beginning of the end of the Trump administration on CNN or MSNBC or NBC or ABC or CBS. And you watch some of it and you listen to it and you thought, that's it. Fool me three times, shame on me. I suppose that could explain a 10-point swing. So for the debate tonight, yes, there's a debate tonight. Do you know there have been 14 hours of Democratic debate so far? This will be hours 15 and 16 this evening. Mm. Good Lord! Why would you need total 14 hours, let alone, that was just the warm-up. We're getting serious now. What? Anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, are they, are they going to talk impeachment tonight? I heard some strategists saying it'd be best not to, uh, so I don't know. I would think you got to ask a question to Bernie and Liz at least. How do you feel about being off the campaign trail all the month of January uh, hmm. for the Senate hearing? Yeah, that would be a good question. I'd be curious uh, to hear the answer. Burr, who's got the debate tonight? I don't Anybody know. I think it's CNN. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, somebody check. Pete, Mayor Pete's got the uh, the headlight on him, the spotlight on him, as he has got a 10-point lead in Iowa, and yesterday's poll that came out of New Hampshire, also a 10-point lead. I really? said, you're kidding me. Yeah, he's got a 10-point lead in the two first states that regularly in modern history have made or break. The mayor of South Bend, Indiana, the, the election... <laughs> The f- go ahead. The fourth biggest city in Indiana. It's not even Which the biggest. Which is the 17th most populous yeah. state. But it's not even the biggest town in Indiana. And there were a total of 10,000 votes cast in his election. And he got like 5,800 of them or something like that. If you went to Indianapolis as Mayor Pete, they'd oh, yeah. say, what do you know? Right. Who You're are you? South Bend. Go back to South Bend, <laughs> Hick. <laughs> Now, I don't appreciate that sort of city no, slicker I talk. I don't, I don't approve either. of it. But I don't either. I, 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 I just love Indiana. <laughs> there you go. Oh, i got to get to the Berkeley professor and his statement about rural people and how stupid they are. Oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, MSNBC has the debate. Eh, good guess there, uh, Michael. But you know, no, don't listen to me. Why yeah. Why would you guess and mislead our listening audience? But it doesn't our make beloved it, audience. How it, dare you? It doesn't make a flying blank. What difference does it make? You know, anyway. Do you have the need to answer questions with uh, to have an answer? Do you have that? Do you think my son has that, and I just think it's interesting. I've been trying to break my son of this habit, answering whether you have an answer or not. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out wrong. He said, "Why did why did why did you tell me that?" He Michael, says, do you have an answer to that question? <laughs> do you no, know if you I have don't. that? Why don't you watch <laughs> CNN tonight and see if they have it? Some huh? people clearly have it, and I, I'm trying to tell my son that just saying I don't know is perfectly fine. You know, the phrase to, that leaps to mind is barva tennis sapientes, uh, which is Latin for wise as far as his beard. <laughs> or in other words, he what? might look intelligent, but he's actually far from it. He does not actually have. But what does that mean, wise as far as his beard? A beard does not make a philosopher. Did people think that at one point? 
Sure. Let's yeah, listen just, to that guy over there. He's got a beard and everything. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, he's got like a long white beard. He looks old and wizened at the time. It's like somebody walks in in the full professor garb. Okay. Got the tortoise shell frames. Got the patches on the elbows. The rest of it. You've been thinking, oh, that's a learned man. Then it turns out he's a jackass. That's what the Latin phrase means, Jack. And took a lot of explaining to him, didn't it, folks? Hee-haw, hee-haw. Anyway, I, I kid. I kid. I got a whole... I got so many of these, and I'm so amused by them. The Latin phrases? Yeah. I still so, like the, the wolf by the ears best. But ipso facto. My mom in high school learned the Latin. They don't do that anymore. Good for her. and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.